Blog Talk Radio. Welcome all, this is Tessa Rose, your host, and welcome to A Seat at the Table by Tessa Rose. Pull up a chair and join me at the table. It is Friday, yes, I usually drop my episode on Sundays, but I decided to do an earlier episode and drop today, so you will have it early. Last week's episode, if you didn't catch it, about cancel culture, and we talked about black men and mental health with our guest host, Mr. Rodney Lewis. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode, I encourage you to definitely go back and listen. And as I played in my theme in the beginning, was the Perfect Strangers theme song. I love that TV episode, you know, besides Golden Girls is another intro theme song that I like. Um, yeah, so what are some theme songs on the shows or something like that that you like that's sort of motivating? For Perfect Strangers, I wanted to play that because it is motivating, and I love, love what the part that says, standing tall. Yes, I can't sing. With the part that said, the rain and thunder, the wind and haze, I'm bound for better days. It's my life and my dreams, and nothing's going to stop me now. So I listen to that from time to time, especially when I was in college. You know, you need that motivation, that pick-me-up when you have testing and you're trying to push through, especially if you were a non-traditional student as I was as, you know, you're working, you're older, and, you know, raising a family, you needed that extra oomph. And so some songs such as this theme song, Perfect Strangers, and maybe Golden Girls or some other motivational music songs will help you, you know, give you that boost. It is Friday, and as they call him, President Joe Biden, he's nicknamed Moneybag Joe because he finally got that stimulus package through, and people are starting to see the $1,400 pending in their accounts. Um, I don't know why. You know why? Some of these banks and credit unions, it's guaranteed money. They should just go ahead and credit people's account instead of making them wait until I believe the, the funds will drop Wednesday the 17th. Like why do you want to 
wait till Wednesday in the middle of the week to make, you know, to have people make it rain. Today and this weekend will be a perfect time to make, you know, everybody make it rain and let the money flow into the economy. So in the middle of the week, week like, come on now, we don't, you know, some of us who, who are getting it for those are getting it of getting the money. You know, you want to make it rain now, not wait till Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday is not one of those days where you're like, oh, I'm pumped. Let's spend some money. Today and the weekend is when you pump. You go to the malls. And in some states, they're lifting restrictions for COVID, and the restaurants can fully open, and they can, you know, places can go to full capacity with other, you know, businesses or states planning to possibly reopen in April. So this is the time that people are opening. So let's, you know, give them the money. What is it pending for? It's guaranteed money. It's not like you deposited a check from somewhere and then they have to make sure of the funds. This is funds from the federal government. It's, it's uh, guaranteed, folks. So those banks out there, I don't know what kind of, you know, practices that they are trying to do with the federal government as if they are not going to receive the money, as if you're going to spend it and somehow the federal government say, oh, you know what, we made a mistake, we want to take it back. Like, come on, get it together, banks and credit unions. Give those people their money. And for the people who banks and credit unions is just dropping it in because they know what the deal is, good luck to you all while you go out and, you know, make it rain on the economy, so to say. But, you know, so the theme song, again, I love that. Perfect Strangers theme song. So for a bonus, I think I'm going to play the Golden Girls theme song. And, you know, it gives you that extra boost. So let's see if we can get this Golden Girls theme song going. Only pay for what you need. Remember to get it for. I just... I just... Okay, we have it. We're having technical difficulties with, with this. So here it comes. talking about two perfect theme songs two motivators you know that friend song every time i will watch the golden girls i will be pumped listening to the beginning of that song and that was definitely a show with friends for you know for lovely friendships so we're going to move into you know the discussions for this session if you have a business idea but don't know how to execute it are you stuck trying to take your business or brand to the next level Go to CH Consulting Services for all of your professional and business needs. Visit CH Consulting Services at www. 
CH Consulting Services, LLC.com. So get on over there. If you're stuck and you don't know what to do, you're stuck in the run and you need someone to handle that paperwork for you or give you and your staff training, head, head on over to CH Consulting Services. Okay, so for this episode, I went back and forth with the book recommendation. I have uh, some books that I thought would be pertinent. Last week's episode, when we touched on the the Augustus Fell Savage Institute, the issues going on with the school system, just passing students along, and our guest host gave a great book recommendation for last week's episode. I wanted to also, as a bonus, to go with that theme, the book – the Unteachables by Gordon Corman. It, it may sort of be like a juvenile book where, you know, high school kids or middle school kids, you would probably give them this book as a reading assignment. But it's a great book about, you know, it's basically about a, you know, a class of misfits, delinquents, and academic train wrecks, people in a school environment that they deem, you know, you know, not teachable, and as like the last school, just pass them along. They put them all in this one classroom. They hire, they get this teacher. He's burnt out. He's been teaching for years, but he is a good teacher. But during his course, he's burnt out. He's really not interested anymore. He's looking forward to retirement. And the principal at the school gets this teacher, because he knows this teacher can get the job done, to lead this classroom and get them to turn around their grades and their attitudes towards life. So it's a really interesting book about the school system and what do we do with the students that we deem failures already and, you know, call them misfits, you know, special education, the ones that get in trouble all the time, the ones that don't show up at school at all, and, you know, putting them all in one classroom, kind of isolating them from the greater general population at school. So I thought this book was a great book, and it would go with the thing from last um, episode. So I'm going to recommend The Unteachables by Gordon Corman. Pick that up, read it, and let me know what you think in the comments about this book and also with the things that, that is going on with the school in Baltimore City. There's been, you know, calls for a lot of investigations, as I mentioned last episode. Currently was that investigation started in 2019 that, you know, the greater public did not have any knowledge of because of some practices going on at that school. And it just so happened that the young man's story somehow became the forefront in the Project Baltimore story last week. But now you have the governor of Maryland, you have the Baltimore City Councilman President, you have the, the mayor in Baltimore, they all calling out wanting further investigation to find out what happened and why did these things happen at this particular school. And it's interesting that, you know, now there's calls for investigation, a broader investigation, and it's brought to the limelight when obviously there's been some rumbling and there's been something there that says something's not right with this school since 2019 when they start investigating. And here we are, here we are almost in 2021, the beginning, two school years later, and it comes that not only is that young man, you know, failing and slipped through the cracks and they were passing him along, there's a hundred other students just like it. So it's interesting. I'll be following up and, you know, give my feedback on, you know, I believe they have a hearing in April for the, some of the city school officials to attend to, you know, testify about what happened at this particular school and why. So I will definitely from time to time be, you know, watching that 
story and, you know, giving you some feedback on that. So little, um, not little, <laughs> The Unteachables is the book recommendation by Gordon Corman. So, you know, last week we did the cancel culture. I named it that episode. And it appears every week or every day there's a new there's either a new organization, a new person that's, you know, cancel culture is coming after. This week it was Burger King UK. Burger King UK was trending mon- last Monday or Monday this past. And apparently their social media person or social media manager posted a tweet on their um, page stating that women belong in the kitchen. And that what it was a standalone statement, nothing behind it. And this was the same day of International Women's Day. So, um, you know, people were, you know, outraged and, you know, because this day in our culture is like, how dare you limit women? You know, we've made it through so far. We have careers and, you know, there's feminism, et cetera, to say that women belong to the kitchen, relegate us to uh, duties of the past. And it appears that this uh, Burger King UK, what they were trying to attempt was, in a recognition of International Women's Day, they basically were, you know, it wasn't a good ploy, but they basically wanted to shed light that they have this program where they fund scholarships and stuff of that nature for women to become more women to become chefs because um, research shows that not a lot of women are in positions of chefs in restaurants and, you know, facilities of that nature. So they have this program where they're trying to get more women into the industry and become chefs. Well, it wasn't a good kicker. I don't know who's on that social media team, but just that statement alone, even though, and I can see you in the boardroom saying, yeah, that's International Women's Day. That's great. Women belong in the kitchen. And I don't know how much diversity, again, these people have on a board and if even if you are a minority on this board or, you know, the only woman in the room, will they actually listen to you and take your ideas into consideration? You know, somebody said, huh, I don't think that's going to go well in this social media age and, you know, feminism and women, you know, independent and they, we, you know, do stuff on this, that, and the other. And, you know, they probably just went on saying, oh, it could, it could, it could be harmless. They're not, you know, realizing certain statements just trigger social media. So they went on and posted and thought, you know, we're because we're talking about International Women's Day, but then you got to explain yourself. I don't know why you want to post something, a blanket statement, be so subjective, and then when you get the backlashes, oh, we were posting it because we were, you know, in recognition of International Women's Day, we wanted to do this because we are trying to get boost more women into the chef field. There is a small percentage of women overall that are chefs in the restaurant industry. And to bridge this gap, you know, Burger King created a scholarship to help give more of their female employees the chance to pursue a culinary career. And then you had people on social media saying culinary career for Burger King, <laughs> you know, jokes. But if that was your premise, you, not, you need to, like, think it through with your team, with the manager and Possibly if everybody gave the go-ahead, it just backlash, and you probably wasn't even expecting it. So I always wanted to try to figure out what's going on behind the scenes and who okayed this. Like, is anybody thinking of what if this happened? And then you might have that one person that does say, but that's, that's not going to bode well with the social media. And someone saying, oh, you know, basically you don't know what you're talking about. 
no one's going to think that it's International Women's Day and we're talking about making women more chefs and we're giving out scholarships. Yeah, you're saying this behind the scenes, but you're not delivering this to the social media at large. It's like you're writing a paper and saying, oh, I'm going to write this and I'm thinking this, but you're not, you're not letting your audience know. Your audience doesn't know your intent of writing that particular statement or thesis. You, you have it all bottled up in your head. But you expect people to read your mind. That's why she she did that. No, so we're not playing uh, contextual clues here and trying to piece together the puzzle. You know, in some platforms, you have to give it all to the audience for them to understand it and not put something out and, and think that people will say, oh, like connect the dots so that women, there's few women in the industry that chefs. I'm, I'm, people may not know that. You may know that. And people in your little circle may know that. And it may be a small fraction of people who are inquisitive that research and know that. But the public at large, they're really not thinking of any, anything like that. So you're not expecting them to say, oh, oh, they posted that. No, calm down, everyone. Calm down. They posted that because there is not a lot of sh- women chefs in the industry. So, no, they really didn't uh, think that think that through correctly. So to avoid all that controversy, you you need to actually think things, talk things through, have a social media team, possibly not have one person making decisions and, you know, not have group think, you know, have different people on your panel or your team or your board that bring something different that someone can, you know, get that team to think differently before you decide to push the button and post something on your social media page that could become controversial. So those were my thoughts because I was like, Burger King UK, okay, wow, they're, you know, trying to get them out of here. So they were the latest, one of the latest inductees of cancel culture this week. And then here comes along the owner of or the ex CEO of Papa John, the John guy, John Shanata, Shanata, I guess that's correct. You know, Papa John was trending because he gets on again. I'm wondering about people's, you know, team or what what they be thinking of behind the scenes before they put you out there in front of the media. So he's trending because he's saying he has been trying for 20 months to stop using the N-word. You know, he was fired or let go from his company because he used the N-word in a conference call or meeting. And I believe the contents of that meeting were somehow leaked to the public, which, you know, is kind of suspicious. Like, you're in the meeting and he's supposed to be your colleague. (laughs) But someone leaked those contents to the public, and then the board of directors of the company fired him for those comments. So in the video, he's trying to, like, save grace, I guess, and he said that the audio of him using the N-word in the, was released in 2018 was taken out of context and that he immediately followed it up with, I never used the word, though he said that aspect of the call was largely overlooked. So, you know, he was – you said this interview, and some people take bits and pieces of what you say sometime and twist it, but he basically – kind of messed himself up in my my opinion when he was saying when he said he was spending the last 20 months trying to get the n-word you know from his vocabulary and everybody just took that and was like oh no you spent 20 months trying to rid yourself of not saying the n-word well how much do you need to not say that word but it appears it may have been taken out of context that he was saying he was trying to get to the point of trying to do damage control and not have the N-word tied to him or his image. 
So instead, he has been trying for 20 months to get the media to stop tying the N-word to him. And he says in an interview that he says, you know, for the past 20 months, he's had three goals to get rid of this N-word in my vocabulary and dictionary and everything else because it's just not true figuring how they did this and to get on with his life. And I believe what they may be the board of directors or somebody on the team, maybe it was some behind-the-scenes things where they wanted to get him off the board and get him out of that company anyway. And there they had, you know, the gym right there without even pressing too hard. He, you know, you're comfortable sometimes with your colleague and in your company and on the board. And you sometimes you slip of the tongue and you say things, you know, are in, inappropriate and – um and it may get out. You know, one of your colleagues probably taught you stuff or the, one of your board members want to do the takeover and you slip up and say the wrong thing and, you know, the audio leaks and there you have it. You're fired. A company that you built, they ousted you out of it, sort of like that Trader Places movie. So, you know, I don't think what behind the scenes, when he did the video trying to do the damage control, like who sent you out there? Did you make that decision on your own? Did you contact your public relations team? What made you get up there, say that, and again, you have to thoroughly review your content and your message and why you shouldn't bubble your head about, you know, about how the media is going to take it. But if you're on going to the media and you're looking for, you know, condolences and people to accept you again, you might want to make sure the content of what you says will bond well with with social media at large, because then you make things worse. So now they really, they already canceled you, canceled you and they ain't thinking about you. And the Papa John's, you know, sales the dipped and et cetera. And then you get on trying to do damage control and people are just like, oh, no, we're had enough of you. You know, people are at the point where they didn't want to hear from you anyway. So you're trying to, you know, rebrand your image. You know, some people did it. You know, Amis did it. Don, is it Don Amis? And, you know, there's people who said some things and, you know, they've been canceled and somehow quietly they rebranded. But um, maybe that wasn't the right thing for you to do. So that's another reason I wanted to contact him. You know, you need to reach out to CH Consulting Services, but there's some clients that you really don't want to work with because their image is so messy. But Protect your image and your brand. It's, you know, if you're trying to rebrand, you have to evaluate who on your public relations team approved that message. Like, did he try to appear genuine and not provide a cookie-cutter statement? You know, it didn't work whether he did it or not. You should be well aware of how the public and social media works and how they perceive you, you know, before you get out there and, and post, write a letter or do a post or appear in an interview, et cetera. Mostly everything can be taken out of context, and you already is a controversial figure, so you probably want to be clear and concise in your message. So you're in your team, you know, you have to have a good team behind you that can kind of do these things in the background. That way you don't get on, you know, social media or on a video, and there's more backlash even before when you first got canceled. So now you cancel times two, cancel times three, and you work on resolutions to rebrand your image, that statement did not sway in his favor at all. It's like you still left a bad taste in people's mouths, and we're, you know, we don't want the piece that we're not talking about Papa John's. Basically, for some people, Papa's John has been canceled. So I wanted to get into, I was going to touch about the Megan and Harry interview they did with Oprah last Sunday, and, you know, they revealed some bomb, shocking, you know, 
information about the royal family. You know, some of us, not all of all of us, knew that. You know, in a sense, the royal family, some of their you know behind the scenes antics. You know, the very conservative, and um, so you know, Meghan and Harry, they've been you know they left the royal family, left their duties. They've been living here in the United States and making a new life. They have their young son. They expecting a new baby, and Meghan had revealed to Oprah that you know the royal family stripped her son Archie of his royal titles. He will not be called Prince for whatever reason. And I've seen some people on social media saying, well, you don't know how the royal family works. You know, since he's not right in the direct line of succession, he's not, you know, he will not get the title of being Prince. But, and I kind of look up some of the other um, folks that's not, you know, they're not really in the direct line. I believe uh, the Uncle Prince Andrew, if I'm correct, he's like eighth in line, and I believe Harry is before him. But his kids, according to Wikipedia, they, they have the title of Prince and Princess. So why doesn't Prince Harry have Prince, or his kids can't be Prince and Princess? I mean, he's not that, well, he's kind of, fall removed because Prince William had kids, but call my child a prince. And because, you know, there's some suspect that he had, you know, he's had some black in his blood or he's black. Um, so that was alarming. And even Oprah, she was alarmed and there were memes going around of her, you know, her, how she reacted to the information we, she was receiving from them. And then Harry, he came in with something, a double doozer and said that, he, there were conversations held with him. He didn't name any names of possibly of what the child, like what would your children look like? Like if, for, for reference, you know, how dark would their skin be? Like, wow. So, you know, they were in a sense, whoever had these conversations and Harry made a point to tell Oprah that that conversation was not with the queen and his grandfather, Prince Philip. So that left the door open for, you know, people to think it was Prince Charles or Prince William or maybe it was somebody else, Camilla, et cetera. And, you know, then later on this week, Prince Charles and Prince William, they make statements, they make appearances with people of color. And, you know, you know we're not racist. This, we don't, you know, racism doesn't exist here. And those are false claims and things of that nature. So, you know, everybody, you know, social media is not going to rest until they find out who made those statements about um, Prince Archie? And we're going to call him Prince Archie because uh, he's a prince. But they're going to make them statements. And, you know, the queen, she made statements, and you said they are saddened by the events and they want to handle this privately. And, you know, I haven't had – I haven't seen any comments about, you know what, he's Prince Archie. That's, you know, he's going to get that title and the children will be titled this, that, and other, even though – Harry and Meghan are not in Britain, and they're not technically under royalty anymore. But, you know, I haven't seen any of that factoring in that we're going to call our grandchild. He's going to be a prince. <laughs> but they have a lot of things, you know, protocol and stuff going on that, you know, they oust certain kids. And, you know, I, I, I shall not have that, but I'm not queen. But I am queen of my family. You shall not oust my children or my grandchildren and play the favorites. So, but Hey, they have like a firm institution plus the queen going on over there. But yeah, so they were trying to cancel the Royal family uh, this week with that last week with that interview. And it's, they still, you know, going through it and, you know, have to get press conferences and, you know, I guess they're doing their own investigation to, are they really going to try to find out who said this? They, they know, and the streets are burning. 
we want to know who had that conversation with Harry and told him, you know, was wondering how dark his kids were going to be when they were born. We, we want, the people want to know, and the people are not going to rest until we find out. So I thought that was interesting, too. So, yeah, we're going to throw the royal family in there under cancel culture because technically we may not be able to cancel them. But, you know, I think people that live over in England or the U.K., you know, they're taught of this monarchy, et cetera, the things that go on. So we don't know. Something may happen here, something may not. But we're we're going to get to who said it, and hopefully that comes soon. So, um with that said, I think that's all that I have for the latest. I think I'm going to do the segment of the latest inductees of the cancel culture because every week, you know, you, you can get a lot of content from who's trending. And it does appear like Monday is one of those days where, you you know, you go on social media and somebody is trending or somebody has done something. I remember back in social media days when, the celebrities would trend, especially like on a Friday. I remember Chris Brown, he used to trend all the time for saying something, you know, inappropriate or doing something. You know, the celebrities did this, and that would that would tend to happen like on later in the week towards the weekend. And sometimes, not all the time, these new cancel culture inductees, as I like to call them, they sort of trend beginning of the week, Monday, Tuesday. You look up and it's like, oh, what happened now? Who did what? They did what? Or who posted, you know, some company or some person posted something controversial, et cetera. So um, we'll see what happens between this weekend and Monday and who's going to be the next person trending at the top. Right now, everybody's kind of like kumbaya because Moneybag Joe has signed that stimulus. And it, it was really funny because, you know, when they passed the stimulus bill, finally, I think Wednesday, and then they said, well, it'll get to the president's desk and he'll sign it Friday. And people were like, what? Friday? What's taking him so long? Like, do they have DocuSign? Like, I don't think it even took Trump that long to sign the bills when he, under his administration. Like, he could be signing that right now, like tonight. They passed it Wednesday. He should be signing it that the next within that next hour. So I think they he may have heard the rumbling in the streets. And then he signed it Thursday, and everybody was like, you know, party time, hey, you know, cause, because – and then they added, like, the White House press secretary told – and people should start seeing those checks delivered via direct deposit this weekend. And, you know, people were happy, and today there's buzz all over social media of some people actually getting the full amount of their money credited to their accounts, or people are starting to, to see – it pending in their accounts, and it's going to drop Wednesday, which I touched on earlier. It makes no sense. Like, that should be credited to your account as government-guaranteed money. But so, you know, everybody's in a, you know, kumbaya stance. People are getting money. The unemployment benefits are extending until September. So it'll be interesting to see because this is a large stimulus package, like $1.9 trillion, if I'm correct a large stimulus package, large sums, and everyone, so all your dependents, even if they were 17 or over, if you claimed them on your taxes, everyone got $1,400 on a list, and it's a lot of money. And so we're wondering, is, is this our last stimulus for this year? The unemployment benefits run out in September. Will our economy be back and booming 
by September. So I guess it depends on how the economy is doing. Businesses are opening up fully. You know, they're saying that people can go to concerts, maybe the movie theaters will start opening back up. And if the economy is doing well, there may not be a need for another stimulus. And by the time that unemployment benefits are run out, we're not sure if those folks are going back to work or what happens in that situation. So it'll be interesting to see if another stimulus is needed and at how much since they gave out so much this time and included a lot more people, you know, all dependents. Some maybe the college students, your mom or your dad got your money, and I don't know if they. I'm not saying they have to give you the fourteen hundred dollars because they technically take care of you and possibly paying your tuition for some students. I know not all. Or if you're a college student, you're independent, you filed on your own, you should be entitled to the fourteen hundred dollars. But um, we'll see how this boosts, boosts the economy and how our economy is doing by the time the unemployment benefits run out. And there may or may not be another need for a fourth stimulus package, the businesses and the schools, to see how they've done, because money has been funneled to the schools and a lot of other places, the PPP loans. So we shall see if this is the last of what Money Bag Joe gives us. So I want to move into, since I, since I touched on the topics of protecting your brand, I wanted to give some tips to the folks out there, if you have your own business or you work for a company and you're a manager, et cetera, or, you're, or you have a client, you know, you're on your public relations, you're a public relations team person, you know, some tips on protecting your brand or image or your client's brand or image, because council culture is here, folks, and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. So here are a few tips to avoid being canceled. Review and research allegations against your company before responding. Giving an immediate response without knowing the facts may cause more negative press for your brand or image. Establish protocols for responding to negative comments on your social media sites. Have a backup team member who also monitors your social media page and reviews your company's response to criticism or allegations against your company. Provide social media training and public relations training for your social media team. That is very important. And make that continuous. Don't make that just upon they get hired or a one-time thing. You need to reevaluate your, you know, your team and the practices and be up on nuances on social media. And you may do either every year or every six months or as needed. Retain a public relations official, consultant, or an attorney to assist you when your business is facing a public crisis and to help prepare your response to negative press. Avoid being critical and defensive in your response. Avoid, if you can, victim blaming. It won't fare well. You only get one chance to present your side in the media, so make it your best response. If the situation requires you to respond, consider, hopefully with your team, the most appropriate way to respond, whether that be a verbal response or, you know, requiring your physical appearance that you need to be on video like the Papa John ex-CEO, or if it's a written statement, you, you figure out what's the best response. And according to the situation, should I do this? Should I make an appearance or should we just write a post and post it on our, you know, site or social media? Otherwise, let your public relations team or attorneys respond to the media or public if it doesn't require your physical response. Um, so those are some tips to help some businesses, some people that's just entrepreneurs, your sole proprietor, 
to help you, you know, protect your brand and image these days. I know sometimes we get caught up and we know we have a customer base and they're not going anywhere, but it also helps to, you know, have a professional outlook and do things in a professional manner and not take anything for granted because you can be here today and gone tomorrow. There are several people, yeah, you know, for years, five and ten years, you're in business and everything's booming, and then your image eventually will take a hit if you continue to operate unprofessionally and yelling at people and calling your your customers and audience or the public names. That doesn't fare well, and that won't last forever. You just can't get away with those type of tactics. So you have to crack down and hire people if it's just you to take care of that for you or, you know, get you some training and, you know, try not to respond, have your attorneys respond or, you know, get that in order and rebrand yourself so you won't be known as this aggressive, hateful firm or corporation Um there will come a time when people will not purchase or use you. That that can happen, but I think some people think um, that that's not going to happen because the money is coming in and these people need this product or this ser- service. And, you know, a competitor, you know, you have to be aware of your competitors that can come in and take your, your customer base from you because they're, you know, they're more polite. They're not yelling and screaming at them at videos when things go wrong and they're not insulting the customer base and things of that nature. So you have to shape up um, in, you know, as we go along in this world, everything changes very rapidly. So don't take anything for granted. Don't take your customer base for granted because, things can change for you. So this episode, I hope you learned some things. I hope you take in consideration the tips on protecting your brand or image. If you're thinking about starting a business or joining a team where you're going to be in the limelight, take those things into consideration. If you're working on a social media team at your company, if you're in public relations, if you're a consultant, et cetera, protect your clients, the money maker in your, your um, business. You want to protect them in their image so that they can keep afloat and successful. So I will see you all next week. Um, Next Sunday, I should be dropping regularly. Thank you for joining me at A Seat at the Table with Tessa Rose, and hopefully you join me next Sunday. And I hope you take this episode. It's a little early. And remember, you know, get your motivation, your theme song. They push you through. I know some of us or some people have the, the motivation with the money bag Joe stimulus. So hope you all stay safe and join me next week at A Seat at the Table. Thank you.